Just want to give you a quick trigger warning that although we're going to be talking travel in uh, this episode, Sarah Stevens from Sarah Stevens Escapes, who's my guest, is also going to be talking about how travel saved her in the most difficult of times when she lost her daughter Violet. It's really important to understand that the mind needs connection to feel alive. And in this episode, Sarah is really open and honest about how travel saved her and her husband. And that is why she's so passionate about ensuring her clients get the most amazing experiences when they go away. Minds podcast. Come join us as we chat about a whole host of mindset related issues, giving you both the male and female perspective. Don't miss out on the exciting interviews we'll be conducting with some truly inspirational guests. My name is Marcus Matthews and I'm a rapid transformational therapist whose quest is to transform people's minds to reach their own personal greatness. My name is Tracy Carroll, I'm a Rapid Transformational Therapy Practitioner and my mission is to end the stigma surrounding mental health issues and show people they no longer need to suffer in silence. everybody welcome to the talking minds podcast again and today tonight because it's not day is it? it's night we're doing this at night it's half seven um we're talking travel now what has travel got to do with mental health what has travel got to do with mindset what has travel got to do with all that sort of stuff well my guest this evening is sarah stevens and without her this year my travel plans wouldn't have happened well some of them haven't happened but thank God she was here and got me out of the cart. So I owe her a lot. Um, but we're not going to be talking about the COVID situation. We're not going to be talking about my lack of travel plans and missing my Maldives trip and all that sort of stuff. So I said I wasn't going to say that, didn't I? Um, but we're not going to talk about that. We're not talking COVID. We're not talking any of that. We're talking about the power of travel um, and how it's so important. And Sarah's going to be sharing why she's so passionate about what she does. Um, and later on, she'll be sharing how you can connect with her. So, Sarah, hello, Sarah Stevens. I didn't say the wrong surname. How amazing <laughs> am I? Welcome. How are you? 
<laughs> I'm well, thank you. Perfect. So, Sarah, um, if you could just if you just introduce yourself, just tell everybody a little bit about you, why you do what you do, um, and then yeah, let's see where that goes. Awesome. Yeah. Travel. Okay. Over to you. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, travel has been intrinsic part of my life, really. Um, I've probably I think I went abroad for the first time when I was about eight, um, and then since then I've been abroad at least once a year. Um, apart from obviously COVID, which we won't mention. Um, mentioning the C word. Um, yeah. So, um, but then um, I'm a PR marketing expert um, by trade, and um, I'm an aviation expert. So I did PR for airlines. Um, so, uh, well, PR for airlines for about four, the last 14 years. Um, working with Finnair on their Asia strategy, um, obviously the, the Finnish airline, um, Aegean Airlines um, and Iceland Air. Um, so I know the Nordics really well. I know Asia really well. Um, on a personal level, we, um, me and my husband love to travel. So um, we're quite well traveled. Um, my brother-in-law lives in New Zealand. Um, my best friend actually moved to San Francisco. Um, she's actually just come back to the UK to see us for the first time in a, in a couple of years, which is great. Um, and I've got another best friend who lives in Cyprus. Um, and I bought a house out there that's opposite her house, as you do. Um, so I rent that out. Um, and yeah, so we're quite well travelled as a family as well. So even though I was doing PR for airlines and the travel industry, and it was very much work for me, it's also something that I love. Um, I'm quite passionate about diff seeing different cultures. I'm a big foodie, so I love trying different um, types of cuisine um, when I travel. Um, I just love all of that um, experience as well. Um, I'm really into my landscape and architectural photography. So um, I love taking my camera when I go away. And you know what? I get told off by my wife so much when we go away. She says, do you want to live your holiday through a camera lens? I remember when we went, friends of ours, and the folks live in Uganda, um, and we went over there for three weeks, and I spent three weeks behind a camera lens. Now, luckily, his mum is an amazing wildlife photographer, so I had an excuse I mean, I was in heaven. It was amazing. But my wife was like, are you actually going to speak to us? Are you just going to take photographs all, all, all day long? It took me about three weeks just to get rid of them afterwards. Anyway, I interrupt. Carry on. Sorry. Yeah, no, don't worry. My, my husband isn't a big fan of me and my camera either. Because um, I have to stop at random buildings, take pictures of them. Um, I go, oh, wow, look at that. Look at those doors. Oh, look, look at that balcony. Exactly. And th but that isn't that what it's about? It's about, isn't it about experience though? I mean, that's I think that's that's why I love travel. And I think that's why travel is so good for the mind because we can get stuck in the familiar and we can get stuck. And, and I think that that's worked in reverse with the sea thing that's happened where people have, you know, stayed on these staycations. And, they, and, and we've got to say there are beautiful places you organized for me, and I'll say this, um, this is such a funny story. So we, I was planning on going to Italy in the summer and it didn't to because of the sea thing. And, and I said to Sarah, listen, is there anywhere we can go? And, and you said, well, where, where are you thinking of going? And I said, yeah, 
Devon, Cornwall, Cumbria, and then after you stopped laughing at me. Um, yeah, because it was all booked. <laughs> oh, you had to be a millionaire. Unless, unless you want to hire a ten thousand pound castle for a day, you haven't got a chance. Anyway, you found us this place um, near Stranra. Now you say you found this place near Stranra, and you go Stranra. Now Scotland's beautiful. You know, I love Scotland. I was in a Scottish regiment, and we found this place. But do you know what? It was amazing. I mean, the photographs. <laughs> that I've got it was such a beautiful part of the country and you know if if the water would have been warmer and it was and we had the sun which was amazing if the water would have been warmer I could have been in the Maldives it was just so clear it was so amazing and we often think about we don't think about some of the places that we have in this country um you know that are so beautiful but one of the things that I do want to know is so you talked about that amazing journey of, you know, you've been in the flight industry and I know you've got a love of Iceland and, and all that sort of stuff. And we will come on to that later because that's one of the places that I want to go to. But what was your inspiration to change that then to, to start your company now that you do now? Yeah, well, um, pre the sea thing that you don't want to talk about, um, pre that happening, um, I just thought, because um, well, I was I was obviously doing PR for airlines, um, and and Iceland Air were a big client of mine, and quite often journalists would want to go on um, a press trip, and I would um, they'd get the, the flights provided by the airline, but quite often they wouldn't get maybe the, the accommodation and the excursions and activities and things like that, so I was ending up organizing that for them but obviously wasn't getting paid for it because that's not my job so I thought do you know what why not just become an independent travel agent and then when I do all the additional bits for journalists I'll get paid paid from for that so it was a bit of a no-brainer so um two weeks before um the big C hit <laughs> um it, I, I signed up to start training to be an independent travel agent um and then obviously covid hit um wiped out all my clients because i i also specialize i specialize in travel airlines hospitality so bars restaurants um theater cultural events um sporting events um basically the main industries that were decimated <laughs> were, were where I focused and were all my clients. So I kind of lost all that business open pretty much within a fortnight. Um, and I thought, well, at least I've got some time to do my training because surely this will only last a few months <laughs> was what everyone thought. That's what we all thought. We're all in the same position. Yeah. yeah. And who knows when it's so, going to end, but we're not going to talk yeah. about it. Yeah, so I so I did so I took the time to do my training and everything. Um, and in the meantime, I was actually invited to write a sales and marketing course for a management diploma at Manchester Metropolitan University. Um, so I wrote a whole course for them and delivered it. Um, so that kept me a bit busy as well. Um, and then I noticed there was a niche in the marketplace um, that, even though obviously certain people 
um, we were kind of restricted on travel and where we could go and what we could do. Um, and some people didn't really didn't want to travel, especially those obviously that maybe had health needs or young children because they didn't want to put them at risk. But I noticed there was a um, demographic that wanted to travel and that demographic were um, high net worth business people who had the disposable income to pay um, but didn't have the time to plan it. So they couldn't plan it to, to be as COVID safe as possible. Um, so I spotted this niche and tapped it really um, and offered concierge services. Can I, can I ask, can I ask? And, yeah. and, and obviously there's client confidentiality here and I don't know if anybody, but can you tell the story about the client who went to the Maldives and got the sunglasses sent over? <laughs> Probably not. No. <laughs> No, I don't think that revealed anything. I don't think that revealed anything. It no. didn't reveal. There's no, no GDPR no. breaks here or anything no, no. like that. Um, I wish we could tell that story because it's absolutely hilarious and I love it. But yeah, I've got lots of well, There was a story of um, there was one chap who um, uh, um, English, quite wealthy businessman, um, had a, had a villa in Spain. Um, and obviously when everything went into lockdown, um, he moved out there because he thought, well, I might as well work remotely from the sunshine. Um, but then wanted his 86-year-old dad to go out for Christmas, that first Christmas, but didn't want him to go on a commercial airline. So he was, he was interested in chartering a private jet to take his 86-year-old dad over for Christmas and back. Like Which obviously, if you've got the money, then why wouldn't you do that? You know. Um. So yes, yeah, so there's things like that. Um. There was a client that, um, wanted just go on a solo holiday. They really were were felt burnt out. They wanted to go, and just get some sunshine to relax, um, to chill out, and and. Yeah, and just see somewhere new and be by the sea and, and all of those things. Um, but they were nervous about going, A, on their own, B, because of obviously all the new um, testing and everything else you have to go through and all the paperwork you have to do. Um, and obviously didn't want to be as at risk as they, they might be if they were just kind of trying to book it themselves. So I organised the whole thing for them. Executive car service, pick them up from home, take them to the airport, queue jump passes so they didn't have to sit, stand in the queue at airport security, went straight through, then into the airport lounge um, area, and then from airport lounge area, fast boarding onto the plane, um, business, business class seats, and then um, and the, when they arrived in the destination, had again an executive car service pick them up, took them to an all-inclusive resort that had um, bungalows in the grounds. So they had a bungalow that was set away from the main um, people um, and a butler service so they could have the food delivered. So they didn't necessarily have to go out and see anyone other than the butler who was bringing them the food. Um, and they had the, their own private plunge pool and they were right near the beach. And they just had the most relaxed and chilled out time. Um, and I just said, this is not doing my mental health any good. Sorry. I've got this picture <laughs> in my head now. And I'm going, I want to be there. 
I want to do that. That sounds amazing. Do you know well, what? Go and on. she was also a lone traveller, you see. And pre, pre the pandemic, she used to travel all the time. She'd just book it and go and felt really confident. But she said what's happened is kind of really knocked her confidence. And she said the only way she can travel and feel still feel confident travelling on her own as a solo traveller is if I organise it for her because it, she feels as though I'm on the holiday with her because she knows that she can text me mm. and I know where she is, where she's going to be next. Um, I've hold, I help hold a travel documents in this secure um, place for her. So God forbid, if she's ever in emergency, the only number she needs to remember is my number because she can phone me and I can... Yeah. And, and this I've yeah. actually put, I put that this for me and this is why I wanted to get you on the podcast is because the world has changed you know we don't want to mention the c word but the world has changed and I'm very much of the same ilk you know I, I've traveled uh, extensively quite a lot um, I'm very comfortable traveling I'm very comfortable organizing stuff I mean when I was younger and used to go on lads holidays like I was the organizer it was like just bringing children around with you, go and do that, get your passports out. Um, but the, one of the reasons why I contacted you is that I saw those challenges and I don't think those challenges are going to go away, you know, very, very soon. And, and I had a massive challenge before I contacted you and, and we spoke about this, that I'd got quite a complex trip. I was going to go to um, Mind Valley, a Mind Valley event, which is in Armenia. So not an area that I've been and I had to fly to Moscow and then go into Armenia to go to this event. And, and although I'd, I'd actually booked it through a normal travel agent, so through a travel agent, um, but I was really disappointed, not necessarily with the travel agent, but because they'd used this intermediary, um, although I got my money back from, we were staying at the Marriott, um, we got the money back from the hotel, we couldn't get the money back from the airline because Aeroflot had basically decided that they were going to break all the aviation laws and just say, we'll give it you back when we want. And I know a lot of people had that issue. Mm -hmm. But for me, the biggest problem or the, that I had was that, that that company and a lot of the companies, you know, if you go to your high street companies, weren't willing to take responsibility for their part in that. And what I would say is, and this, you're the kind of first person that I've used as an independent travel agent who does all the stuff that you do which most travel agents don't. You've already explained that you really create an experience for people, don't you? I mean, you kind of go, what's your wish list? And, and I'll be honest, you do go above and beyond because I've messaged you thinking, oh, really, I shouldn't message, but you'll come back. And, oh, go away. And nothing's too much trouble. And that gives peace of mind. And I think, you know, it's something that's worth considering for people, I think, especially because people it's so easy to travel now isn't it it's so easy to get on to, yeah. i say now i, I i'm going to put that in quotes yeah. if if we can it's if easy you, to travel if, if you jab, but, you've got the paperwork <laughs> but actually the world's got smaller but those those experiences those things that make a holiday you know i'm not a fan personally i've got nothing against anybody who wants to get on a plane go to benedorm sit in a bar all week and get sunburnt with a hanky on your head that's what you like no judgment here but when i go on holiday i want to experience the culture so when we went to italy we went on the east coast near rimini and down where the italians actually go so you've got to speak a little bit of italian you can't just get away with shouting loudly in english 
You know, that's the kind of thing that, you know what I mean? That turns me off, that kind of thing. And I think that one of the things that you provide is that peace of mind and that assurance. So, I mean, how important is that to you personally when you travel, but also to your clients to make sure that it's not, it's not just a holiday where you go and have the sun, which is lovely, but it's about creating an experience, isn't it? That's the thing from a well-being perspective, those memories that we create, how important are those to you? Yeah, hugely important, I think. Um, and like you say, for my clients, I tend to try and deliver for them the holiday that they want. So if they come to me and go, look, we don't really want to do anything. All we want to do is lie back in a pool and read a book. That's literally all we, all we want is the sunshine, someone fetching us drinks and to read our book. Then I can sort that out. <laughs> I can make that happen, you know what I mean? I've, I can find the perfect pool that will be calm and no one dive bombing them when they're reading the book. But equally, if someone comes to me and says, look, I really want to experience you know, something that's authentic. I really want food to have a foodie experience or we're really into art. Where, where could we go for the weekend? Um, then I can craft that as well. So I, I know these places because um, I'm fortunate enough to have been tra traveling quite a bit over, over well, nearly my entire life. <laughs> um, so I can use all of these experiences to help people to enjoy things more. Um, someone asked me earlier today what my favorite travel destination was, and I really struggled. I, gave, I think I gave them about six different places, very different places and explanations as to why. They were one of my favourites. So go through those. Tell us, tell us what your favourite places are and why. Because I think the why is really important. And I talk mm -hmm. a lot about this. Because yeah. sometimes we might look at a brochure. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm a bit of a geek. And I always try and work out where I'm going. Oh, for only two seconds. I'm in the middle of a okay. podcast and the phone is going. Hello, mate. My brilliant wife has, um, has picked that up. I'm, I'm not going to cut it out. We'll keep it in. It's fine. These things happen. What was yeah, it's authentic. It's authentic. Yeah, so, We're being authentic. Um, yeah. Well, I, well, I said, as I said to her, I said, it, my answer will probably change dependent on time of year, how I'm feeling, what the weather's like. <laughs> um, all these things will have a bearing on probably the answer that I give. So, um, but I think today I answered. I said um, Cyprus. Because I've obviously bought a house there, so I love it that much. I bought a house there. Whereabouts? Um, I, I love Cyprus. Cyprus is really nice. Yeah, it's in between Paphos and Coral Bay. It's sat okay. on a hill. It's got sea views, panoramic sea views from the the balcony off the master bedroom. Well, it's got sea views from all over, but it's got the best sea views from the balcony off the master bedroom, and the most amazing sunsets you've ever seen. Yeah, it is. Um, and, and the water is beautiful there as well, isn't it? To swim. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it's, it's an island that's easy enough to kind of travel and get different experiences. And, and you get you do get yeah. that fusion because of where it's fat. So you, the food and stuff like that is amazing, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. somewhere it you is. can either party or chill. Yeah. And and um, from a practical um, perspective as well, for me, because I bought my house there 14 years ago now, um there um it's quite straightforward 
in terms of because Cyprus was used as um, still is used as a, a navy base, um, the, in return for the, them allowing the British to use part of the island. I know it well, Decalia, Akatiri, yeah. all around um, that. Because of that, all their infrastructure and everything was set up by the British Army. So all they drive on the same side of the road as we do in the UK. So and all the road laws and signs and everything are in English. So it's dead easy to navigate in your own steam and driving your own car over there. Um, again, all the legal system is dual language, Greek and English. So all the contracts, you get a copy in English as well as Greek. So from a practical point of view, if you're going to buy somewhere overseas, it makes logical sense to, to do it in Cyprus. But also my best friend lives out there. She's she's not Cypriot. She looks like Cypriot, but she isn't. She's um, half English, half uh, Argentine. Grew up in Hong Kong. Her parents retired to Cyprus, um, and so after we we met at uni, after uni, she went over to stay with them in Cyprus for a holiday. Never came back because she loved it that much. So, that doesn't surprise me. It is a it is a beautiful. Yeah. It is a beautiful island. Uh, do you know what we we had? Um, we've got a relative who's got a flat over near Ionapa. Yeah. Now, so we went and there's a great water park near Ionapa. Um, there's a big water slide. If you guys, if you ever go to that water park, make sure that you protect yourself because when you hit the water at the bottom, it's that steep, it stings. Just just putting it out there. Um, but what I was going to say is, is that I had this impression. We went there with the kids when they were younger. And I had this impression that it was going to be a little bit Larry, a little bit like Falaraki or, you know, that kind of thing. But actually, I found Ayanapa was actually it was quite classy. I know it had its moments, but actually it was quite family friendly. It was, it, you know, it was nice and you could travel out from there. And, you know, so it is a great, a great sunspot. So what's the most exotic place? Because Cyprus, although I like Cyprus, what's your most exotic or maybe even going into well, Asia? Because Asia is not a place that I've been to. So yeah, I'm well, it is. It is a place I'd like to go to. Yeah, well, two of the places on on the, the little mini list that I gave today were Asia, like Asian places. One um, was the Philippines. The Philippine islands are absolutely stunning out of this world. Um, we we went to the, and did island hopping around the Philippines, um, obviously without children. This was um, maybe eight years ago now, um, and they were just absolutely stunning. And we actually went because um, ev everyone we'd we'd met since went on and on and on about Bali um, and how gorgeous Bali was. And I thought, do you know what? We'll we'll do Bali. Yeah, because Bali's one of my one of the places that I'd love to go to. And I think that's just because of what I do in my job and, yeah. and all the rest of it. But I'm worried that I'd be disappointed if I went to Bali. Well, um, you to know. be honest, because I think because we've been to the Philippines already, we had very high expectations of Bali. And whilst it was lovely, and if you've probably not been to the Philippines, island hopping, <laughs> you probably love it. But because we were comparing it to the Philippines, we were like... Mm not as nice <laughs> because it's a bit more commercial it's not you as know what was interesting so what I, can, I can give it not not as a glamorous uh, an analogy to that mm -hmm. but um years ago myself and michelle we liked going on little city breaks and stuff so mm -hmm. um we we went to um 
we went to Budapest and we stayed in um, we stayed in Pest. Michelle found this amazing five star hotel. Michael Jackson stayed there. Madonna. We got the whole thing for for both of us, including flights for about three hundred quid. How she did it, I don't know. Um, we got picked up. They said, "Do you want a limo or do you want a cab?" I went, "I oh, will just have a cab." It was a limo. It just wasn't stretched. That that was the cab. It didn't have taxi on the top of it. So we were really really treated to that. Um, and we loved that. And there was a great little restaurant. It's on Andresa Strasse called Salancelot, um, which was a, it was a dining place with, um, it was like a medieval banqueting thing. And we had no expectations really of Budapest as a place. Um, but then we went to Prague and other, it was lovely, but I think because Budapest wasn't, hadn't become that commercialized, I know it's quite popular now, but Prague had, Prague was like the place to go at the time. Mm-hmm. And although it was great and although it was lovely, I just felt, ooh, actually, and I've been back to Budapest a few times mm. and I've just gone, ooh, actually, everybody says go there, but anybody who I say, oh, you know, we're looking at getting a break. I was like, have you ever been to Budapest? And they're like, oh, no, not really. I went, honestly, trust me, it's amazing. And everybody who's been there comes back and goes, Oh, it was fantastic because you've got the old side which is Buddha yeah and then you've got the new side which is past and you've got the chain bridge and stuff so that's really interesting that you say about like Bali's the the place where you should go but the Philippines is the other the other place is there anywhere else that is kind of somewhere where people wouldn't expect yeah well I've um I also loved Japan just because um for me it was possibly probably the mo- one of the most bonkers places I've ever been. Um, because we've been to um, <laughs> we've we've been to like Hong Kong, um, and obviously Hong Kong is quite anglicised, obviously, um, for obvious reasons. So you can find your way around Hong Kong and get by in English, and and it's fine. In Japan, that's a totally different story. I remember, um, and this was pre us all having mobile phones that have translate apps and all of that malarkey on them. Um, this was when was it? It was in twenty, not that long ago, twenty ten, I think it was. So um, about just over ten years now. No, twenty twelve. It was the year of the Olympics. So um, yeah, so that not long, not that long ago, um, really. But obviously, mobile phone technologies come on along long way since then so back then obviously you couldn't get all of these on your phone and google maps that could pinpoint your exact location and all of that 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 wasn't there yet um anyway so yeah i went to tokyo um i was there actually for work with um, a load of journalists on a press trip and it was gorgeous stayed um spoiled obviously in five-star hotel and um, went to see the sumo um, we went to um, behind the scenes tour of the biggest fish market in the world. Um, we did loads of amazing things, temples, you name it. And then we had, um, an, e- had an evening that was free that I could do what I wanted. And um, I had loads of like nephews and things in the family who were obsessed with gadgets and they wanted me to get some gadgets for, um, for their Christmas presents because it was like September time. Um, so I was like, okay, okay. And um, one of the, the marketing guy for the airline um, that I was working with 
um, was Japanese, based in Tokyo, said, I'll come and meet you. Where, where are you going to go? And I said, oh, well, I'm going to go to Electric Town because that's where all like the, the big electric goods stores are and everything. So I'll go there. And he's like, great, okay, I'll meet you there then. So we arranged the time when he'd meet me. Um, he just said, yeah, just come off like the underground stop and I'll meet you there. So I was like, great, brilliant. So did that, came off the underground stop. Number one, we didn't discuss which exit I would take from the subway. So I took an exit off the subway um, and then was really stumped because, because it was the electric town suburb of Tokyo, it wasn't like in any of the, any of the tourist areas at all. So there was absolutely nothing that had European characters on. It was all Japanese symbols on the road signs, on the signage, on the adverts, on the, the signs for the shops. So I had no idea how, how you'd even pronounce what things were called. Um, whereas everywhere else in the world I've ever been to has had something in, in European characters. You can kind of work it out. If it's Latin based, you can kind of work it out, can't you? Or you but can attempt to say you it. You can attempt to you? say it, yeah, yeah. But there, I couldn't. And 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 I was like, oh, what what the hell do I do? And so I remember phoning him and him, him saying, and this was before, we didn't have picture messaging and things, so I couldn't even take a photo of where I was. Um, I was like, um, well, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on a road. <laughs> I'm on a road and there's some like signs. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do the signs say? No idea. Just got symbols on them. Um, what what about the the and and in the end, what I ended up having to do is they had those um that you see on on TV when they depict Japan and Tokyo, you have big billboards with all flashing neon ads and things. I was having to tell him what the ad was on the screen, it describe it. It looks like it might be for a bank or a mobile phone or whatever, and it's and describe what the guy was wearing on the, the screen. So then he could look round the junk the busy junction to try and figure out exactly where I was from the colours I was describing. And it was absolute nightmare. And and I'd never ever in all my years of travelling around the world been in that situation before that where I could literally, it felt like I was in some alien world because it almost didn't make sense. <laughs> but it's stories like that though, that are so key and so important when people are looking for advice on traveling. I mean, those situations, which at the time can feel a little bit scary, feel a little bit unfamiliar, um, you know, from a mind point of view, we love the familiar, and that's why people tend to go to the same places, and they yeah. don't they don't want to stretch their and and I guess that's what you do, don't you? You give people that that reassurance, that familiarity, and we've got we've got like you said, we've got that connection now, we've got that stuff, and I guess that's the type of experiences that you bring in because then if people feel connected to you and you can share that information then they can step into that fear with a little bit more, they can make it a little bit more fun, can't they? You know, yeah. And they can... yeah, it's learning from taking my own experiences, really, and helping someone else. So um, before I had my own travel agent business, um, a friend of mine about four or five years ago 
was going out to Japan on holiday. And because of my experience, I could tell him exactly what he needed to do, that he needed to have is like a, a, a language guide with him with all the symbols and what they meant so that he could point to them to someone. Um, I do not, I didn't even think yeah. about that. I was, I was actually thinking while you were talking about it, I was like, if I was in that situation, I didn't have a mobile phone now, what would I do? And actually, that's just the simplest of things, isn't it? Yep. That I would never, I, I didn't even think about that. I was going, what, what would I have done if I was in that position? I'd probably have done the same as you. But if you hadn't got that guy there, even just to communicate with, yeah, you know, I'd have, I'd have been going in... simple is important, isn't it? My, my wife <laughs> always insists when we go away, she always insists in having a paper map of where we are. Mm-hmm. She well, won't use mobile phone. Old Yeah, go old school. You know, um, and have you know have the if it's if you're in japan or even if you're you know wherever you are um have things written down on even even like cue cards with um i'm lost can you help me or whatever i'm a stupid british person yeah now actually this is something i want to lead into because i think this is something that's really important and and this is one of the things that certainly when i went to um, when I went to Africa, when I went to Uganda, because that was quite alien, although it's, you know, relatively anglicised in, in respect that, you know, the British have been there and all the rest of it, it is a different world and it took a little bit of time. There is poverty there. But I think one of the things that you notice, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this, when you do travel, generally, mm-hmm. actually, regardless of culture, ethnicity or whatever, we, we all enjoy that human experience. So even if you go to a country where, you know, you're in a country and it's somewhere like Japan, which is culturally completely different, or even Africa, we are interested in their culture, but people are interested in you. I know when I was in Germany, when I was based in Germany with the army, I was kind of wanted to learn German. I'd learned it at school, which was completely pointless. Hmm. But my top tip, if you were going to travel, is the best way to learn a language is get drunk. I'm not saying, I'm not advocating that, but that worked for me in my youth. Um, my Russian is amazing after several vodkas with the uh, Russian State Army Band. I'll tell you that now. I was fluent. Um, but that's one of the things I just wanted to ask about that connection with humans and why we travel to find about all those different cultures. What are your experiences in regards to when you meet people in these places that aren't the typical kind of, you know, places that people sometimes go, you know, Benidorm. I've done Benidorm. Honestly, I've got nothing against it. But you know what I mean? Is that when you go to that somewhere where you are actually out of your comfort zone, how have you found that people generally are in wanting to help? Yeah, they they usually are really keen to help you. Um, And obviously, as this is just audio, people can't see what I look like. But um, I've got very, very pale skin. So I've experienced, um, obviously, traveling to around Mediterranean countries, um, Northern Africa, um, places where they not don't usually see people with a skin as pale as mine. Um, I've, you know, from a small, being quite a small child, I've had people come up and go, oh, oh. And actually ask, could they touch my skin? Because they, they've never seen skin as pale as mine before. Um, 
and now I'm quite used to it. If I go to a, I even just to Spain to a market in Spain, you know, in Costa del Sol, there'll be Spanish people who will actually come up to me and ask, could they, can they touch my skin? And isn't that um, crazy? Because we have our perception insane. of the world that we have our perception of the world that and that's Costa del Sol. Do you know yeah. what I mean? They seem to be, yeah. but they're probably just not used to seeing someone who's got very porcelain kind of coloured skin. Um, so, yeah, so I've kind of experienced it in that respect that I do tend to stand out a bit with my facts of 50. <laughs> um, and yeah, um, and then I, I've got friends who've had it from the height perspective as well. And um, uh, a, a cousin of mine as well, who he's um, six foot four, no, six foot seven, sorry, that's a lie. He's six foot seven. Um, a couple of my friends, her husband is six foot four and she's five foot ten. Um, and they've traveled all the way around China. Um, and they experienced it in China with tour, big tour groups. The tour, tour guide would come over to, to, obviously all Chinese, tour guide would come over to and go, oh, excuse me, excuse me, could, could they have a photograph with you? Could they have photos? And then she said they'd be surrounded by about 30, 40 little Chinese people. And she said, and we'd, we'd crouch down to get in the shop with them. And they go, no, 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 you stand up, stand up. We want to show how freaky, freaky giant you are. <laughs> um, so she had that. And then um, my cousin actually went and taught English as a foreign language in, um, in Japan, but in a like, really rural village. And he was six foot four um, and he was like a celebrity. He said, it's the closest thing you'll ever get to being David Beckham because everyone knew his name. So they'd all go, hi, Darren. Hi, how are you? How are you? And, and everyone in the nearby village, in the nearby town and the nearest city to where he lived knew who he was because he was the only tall person. Do you know what I take from that? And and this is a message. I know we talk about travel, but obviously this is about mindset and it's, you know, that, that's what the kind yeah. of the, the podcast is about. But one of the things that a lot of people want to do is to fit in. A lot of people don't, mm -hmm. they don't want to be different. They don't want to feel different. And what you've just described there is that in other cultures, difference is seen as something that isn't bad. It's something that yeah. they want to, they don't want to fit in. They, they don't. And I think that's, that's actually a lesson we can learn about travel, isn't it? That our perceptions within our own, our own cultures mm. um, can be somewhat skewed compared to others. So we have these beliefs about stories that we believe about what it's like to be a human, to have a human experience, but they're different within different countries, within different nations, even within different states, because some countries, you know, you can fit the UK in them over and over and over and over and over again. And even in places like the US, there are places, aren't there, where culturally we go, wow, that's completely different, you know. Mm. Yeah. And I think sometimes we're a bit, can be a bit spoiled in the UK um, because we are such a multicultural kind of place. So obviously, you know, you can, in most major cities, you can eat whatever cuisine you want because there's people of that, that culture or that nationality living in that place. Um, and I think sometimes we take it for granted a bit in the UK. Um, and it's only when you go traveling to other countries that you realize quite a lot of places are quite insular still. Yeah. Um, and they've, they've maybe not seen someone with skin really pale like mine. 
mm. or they've maybe not seen anyone who's really tall. Um, and, you know, because I still still remember um, my uncle saying that when they went to, to Tokyo to visit their son, um, my uncle is uh, six foot four. My aunt isn't, she's like Diddy, she's uh, like five foot tall. Um, and as soon as we walked into the airport, they went, oh, Darren's mum and dad. Can I ask a question? Because you've, yeah. you've, you've talked a lot about different places and you, you're mm. clearly well-traveled, clearly an expert in the field of what you do um, over and above what we would expect, you know, somebody who arranges holidays or trips and stuff. So I've got, I've got one question I want to ask because I don't know this. Do you do, can you arrange retreats? Because we have, the reason I asked that question is we have a lot of people that might listen to this that are in maybe the holistic space or they may be in that sort of stuff. Are you finding that a popular thing that businesses or people are in, you know, um, therapy, coaching, is that something that, it seems to me it's becoming more popular and something that I think is going to be a space that's going to grow. It's certainly something that I want to do and we're both parts of um, Cheshire Socialites and I know that, um that's something that joe's looking at doing in spain and mm. stuff with the property that they've got out there they were saying last night so um yeah do you think that's some is that a growing market is that something it that is yeah i think I, I think a, a growing market is actually um experiential type travel so even if it's not you organizing a retreat for friends or you know clients or whatever else but people are wanting to go and do something and actually have a proper experience or maybe learn something new or um, just make more of that holiday than maybe they did previously. Maybe they're, they're now because, and probably because we've not had the opportunity to travel for a few years, people are like, well, actually, do you know what? I'd rather spend a bit more money and maybe learn a new skill or, um, you know, go and, and do some to, to like a holistic retreat. Yeah, well, that's what I said to you, wasn't it? When we chatted, yeah. even though I couldn't go, yeah. um, it was like, do you know what? Why We've missed out on one holiday that we're going to do. Why, why don't we just try and do some? So I'll, I'll, I'll be triple stacking this. So God knows, I'll be doing a round the world trip by the time we get sorted. Um, so that's really interesting. And if, so, if somebody was listening to this and maybe they wanted to do a retreat or maybe they wanted to set something up in the UK or... Is that something that you could help facilitate and organise? Is that part of the services that you, you can yeah. provide? Yes, certainly could do. Because um, we've got access to um, loads of different types of um, private hire venues. So big stately homes, um, cottages. There's even um, a few sites that have um, that are almost like an old farm that's been converted. So... There's like stable, converted stable blocks and, and a farmhouse and things. So there's different size properties on the one plot. So you could even do a retreat where everyone has their own little cottage, but you're all in the same thing, if that makes sense, which yeah. would make it then COVID-friendly. So on that point then, on the reverse, I know, I know there are people um, who have had their job a little bit like you've done. And then I think they see things happened and they've gone, you know, I want to go and do something. And maybe they've had the money and they've got a property and maybe they're looking to do a retreat or an art workshop. Or So they've yeah. got this thing, they've got this space, they've got something that they do. 
if they were to listen to this podcast and go, do you know, I'm 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 building this dream that I've got in a really nice place, and and I'm wanting to do this, this, that, and the other, but I don't know how to get those clients in. Mm-hmm. I mean, could they get in contact with you to say, listen, I've yeah. got this chateau in France. Yeah. Um, we've just done it up. Um, we want to try and get these type of people in. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something on the reverse that you can facilitate? So you're not you, mm-hmm. you're not you're independent, aren't you? So you're not tied no. to. No. no, I'm independent. But plus, um, also with my other hat on, obviously, I'm my background's PR marketing for hospitality and tourism and airlines and stuff. So from that perspective as well, I could very easily consult if someone was wanting to open their own hotel and things like that to help them with the PR and marketing side of, of whatever it is they're trying to do as well as with my other hat on my travel agent side of get actually getting bookings and things like that in for them and that's important it's not just about you getting people out there you can do the whole shebang basically I can people. help well but yeah I can't do all the if you don't know it you'll know somebody you know, who does all though, the PR marketing yeah, yeah yeah I could do all of yeah. that and help them with branding and and things so that's that's where um so i was chatting to someone today actually he said oh it's a bit of a departure from pr marketing to a travel business and i was like well, not really because they, they work together because i still do consultancy for P- pr marketing consultancy i'm working with independent entrepreneurs who want to learn how to do their own pr marketing so um i'm going to do courses on that um some of the the independent entrepreneurs I'm working with obviously do have come from hospitality and travel, but there's a lot that haven't, that have service-based businesses or retail-based businesses. And I'm working with them on, on that, on, in that area. Um, I've also been helping people who want to set up their own travel businesses as well, who want to become an independent travel agent, um, who've seen that actually you can fit it around a full-time job or kids or whatever, but obviously it enables you then to earn money back from travel. Um, if you, if you, you know, like you were saying, historically, you like to organise and call your own travel, and there are people out there that still want to do that. Well, I can help them to do that, but it'll all be protected and, and, and everything else, which is the plus point. And they could earn money from from it. So and, 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 and from what you've said there, if you are the type of person that loves to travel and that you love to organise that and you like that process and that control of doing that, yeah. you can you can facilitate them maybe changing that from into a career. So you know, we all want to. The reason why I do what I do is 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 let's face it. You go down this journey, although it can be quite difficult setting yourself up as a business you actually do it to try and give yourself that freedom so that you're yeah. doing something that you love. So you actually never go to work. Mm-hmm. So again, not only can you do all that, you know, people can get in contact with you. They can do that. I've got one, I've got one question though. This is yeah. important. Where in the world mm-hmm. have you not been? Mm-hmm. Where is it? And why is that particular place not been kind of visited yet? Where I have. A huge list. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I when I when I thought that question, I thought, do you know what? This could go on forever. But if if I had to press you, if I had to say that one place, <laughs> well, you know, well, I, I do have a bit of a list of places. I'll reel them off as fast as I can, and I'll try and summarise where where I want to go. Um, um, South America, 
I've not read in South America. Um, uh, there's like obviously the textbook things like Peru um, and I want to go to, but there's also other places that I'd love to go to, um, like uh, I remember now. It's gonna help me. No, you've put me on the spot because I did a load of um, no I did a lot of research for a client actually, and it made me fall in love with certain countries in South America, like Ecuador. I did a lot of research on that for someone. Um, Costa Rica. Costa Rica, yeah, that was another one I did research in. I know know about the different coasts of Costa Rica and what the climate is on each coast and all of that stuff. So if you need to go, come and see me. (laughs) I've I've read up on it, um, even though I've not been yet. Um, And um, our... Argentina obviously I've got a best friend who's half Argentine and her mum has been saying for years and years that she's going to do a personalized tour for us back there a a proper churrasco steak yeah yeah so (laughs) um so I want to do that um yeah there's I could go on and list all the different countries in South America but I won't um and another place that I really want to go to is Russia I've not been to Russia yet. Um, I really want to go to St. Petersburg in winter to see the Winter Palace as it should be seen. Um, and I want to go to Moscow, um, just to do Red Square, really. Um, and so I really, really want to do that. Um, and I nearly did it at one point. Um, and then the plans got changed at the last minute. We were going to, because you get um, a train to St. Petersburg from Helsinki. Um, and it's it's not that long a journey. It's like an hour, I think it's an hour and a half journey, um, and so it's quite quick and easy to get to. And obviously, I did the PR for Finnair for seven years, so I've been to Helsinki loads of times. Love. And that's Helsinki. the thing you don't realise. I know when we looked at that because I'm trying to think what's at the bottom of Finland, the place where all the oligarchs go on holiday, just on the edge of Russia. I'm trying to think what it's called now. Um, it's on that top bit of the coast the black, is it the cast near the caspian city yeah yeah i can't remember what the country is now um but when you start to look at that estonia part of, estonia that's the one yeah and that looks uh, that looks quite a nice place. and you think of estonia Tallinn. but actually it, you can get a boat over from Helsinki yeah. Tallinn as well yeah yeah hour. Tallinn. that's yeah Tallinn. and it's 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 an it, it looks interesting it looks really pretty mm, as a yeah. place but you go estonia why would i go there and you know yeah, yeah, that's one of the places because Mind Valley actually is based out of Tallinn. And again, they cancelled the one in Ar- Armenia. It was going to go to Tallinn. I was like, okay, that's fine. Actually, flights are cheaper, which is great. And then that got cancelled as well. Um, yeah, Tallinn's gorgeous. So, um, and then other places I want to go. Um, trying to think where else there is. I do have a list. Um, oh, Safari. I want to do Safari in Africa. Um, because and and the and the reason the only reason I think we've not done it as yet is um, because my hubby grew up in Africa, so he um, spent the first eleven years of his life um, moving from one African country to another um, with his dad who um, worked for the United Nations. So when I was having childhood holidays camping in North Wales and sitting in the rain playing cards and board games for weeks on end because it was that rubbish he was on safari that was his weekend 
holiday. And, and I would recommend, so, honestly, I would definitely recommend, um, you know, we were lucky enough to go to Uganda, but um, one, of the, one of the best memories that I have when we were there was we were on, um, it was really good because the, the, the lodge that we were staying at was Harar, and um, you could go out from the lodge on safari and you hired a guide with his AK-47 um, and you would drive through. And I remember we, we came across a lion. It was just a proper wild lion. You know, it wasn't like West Midlands mm -hmm. Safari Park or anything like that. And we'd taken, we'd taken the, some cushions and put them on top of the, like the luggage rack on the Land Cruiser. Mm -hmm. I remember sitting on the top of this land cruiser with the boys and this lion was a pounce away from eating us and this lion is like just like a proper male lion with a big call they said he's called benny and then we went and saw and there was a female and, and they were hunting and i also remember they got a house on an island in victoria and i remember this is this terrifies me this story but we they, we went across on their boat and a friend of mine grant he went okay what we need to do is we need to cover the boat because even though it's a lake, Lake Victoria is huge. You know, it might as well be the Atlantic. Yeah. It's that big. And he said, if the winds get up, they do, because they have these amazing lightning storms and stuff like that. Mm. It's an infinite horizon. And I remember um, going, is there any crocodiles in here? Because we knew there were, he said, no, there's no crocodiles in this bay. Completely safe. So I jump in the water to make sure the boat's clipped up on my back, pretending to be a log. Don't know if that would work or not, whether a crocodile would think that was a log. But I was like, going, anyway, so we start swimming into the shoreline and all of a sudden he passes me. So he's swimming a bit fast, so I pass him. And at this point, I'm going, he's been lying to me here because there's no way that he'd be, he was working on the basis. If I swim quicker than Marcus, if the crocodile comes, he dies first. That was in my head what was going on. Anyway, we got to the shore, everything was fine. We go to the house and there was a dog on the island that used to just go to people's houses. It was amazing. You're like immersed in this. This wasn't a touristy place, really. Um, and the next day, Cosmo, the dog's name was, and we were having we were having a barbecue, and the dog was there, and then it disappears. And the next day, we go back, and we find out that the very beach that we'd swum in on, this dog had been taken and killed. And for this day, every time I think about that, it, 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 I go, oh, and then, and then with the lion, you know, that lion could have. But at the time, once you get used to being in that culture, mm. it just shows how how your mind changes and how you adapt to your surroundings, which leads me on to kind of, I guess, one of my final questions that I want to ask. And this is really around well-being. It's really around mental health. And for you, they say you know travel broadens the mind but what does travel give to you and what do you find your clients get out of it when it comes to that just getting away that well-being and what why is it we love travel so much yeah well I think for me um because I've not really touched on why I called my company what I did or anything like that um and obviously as you know it's travel's always been a big part of my life because of um, my work and what we've enjoyed to do as a family and I travel solo and friends all over and, and all of that. Um, but unfortunately for me, five years ago, um, my eldest daughter died. Um, and at the time, obviously big shock, 
we were expecting it she was 15 months old um she was our only daughter at the time um and it obviously as anything does with grief it completely rocks your world um you feel the life's full of like a thick fog you have to try and somehow navigate through it um and we we weren't really given any support or counseling or anything um when she when she died um and later on i found out that apparently the nhs had sent us something in the post but so we didn't get it um and no one thought to follow up about whether you want counseling or anything um so we didn't get any support so we had to kind of figure things out for ourselves um and so one thing that we we did is because obviously when you're in that place you don't get enjoyment from anything you you don't feel happy you don't feel pleasure you don't fe really feel anything other than intense grief and upset and, and everything but we um we thought well we can remember what things we used to enjoy before she died um and some of the things we used to enjoy were travel were eating out in restaurants um exploring you know going to new places um i love photography so um my hubby got me a camera um to encourage me to learn photography so i did a, a diploma in photography um ju and just so i could take better better photographs um so we tried to encourage each other to do and for almost like force each other to do things that we remembered we enjoyed even though we wouldn't enjoy it and we made ourselves do it and um because we we basically said well look you know we'll we'll put uh, make a restaurant reservation in the diary we'll book that holiday because because we book it then we have to go and we, we will go and so but that's what we did so um he like hubby booked um a weekend in florence because he knew i'd always wanted to go to florence so we we went to florence and what we discovered is once we left the environment that we were in it almost temporarily lifted some of that grief because all of a sudden we were in a new environment a new culture a new place no one knew who we were or what we were going through so all of a sudden it gave us almost like a respite from the world that we were inhabiting um, and gave us a, a, not a break from it, but a slight relief in terms of the heaviness of everything. Um, and like the, we, we've lost my daughter at the end of September. So that first Christmas, um, my family, I remember my family saying to, to us, look, we need to ask you what, what, what do you want to do at Christmas? And I said, well, for me, Christmas is cancelled. I don't want to do Christmas. I don't want to think about Christmas. For me, Christmas does not exist. I said, ideally, if we can go away somewhere where they don't do Christmas, that's what we want to do. We want to go far away from Christmas. We don't want to be reminded of it at all. Um, and obviously at the time, we'd, um, I'd scaled back um, what I was doing um, to part-time hours so that could be a mum to my daughter so um, obviously money was kind of limited um, and we looked at going traveling for Christmas and New Year 
couldn't really afford most of the things. Um, then one of my friends caught in touch, bless her, and said that my mother, my um, in-laws have got an apartment in Nevis in the Caribbean and no one's going to be using it for Christmas and New Year. They've said you can go and stay there for free um, if you can get flights. So my mum, bless her, said, right, that's a Christmas present. I'm paying for your flights. So you can you two can go and escape Christmas and New Year in Nevis. Turns out they, they celebrate Christmas and they go all out <laughs> Christmas decorations and shit. But um, but we we were just able to like go to somewhere and just escape the whole environment, the whole reminder of Christmas. We didn't celebrate it. We spent Christmas. Um, sat on a, bel- a balcony and went for went for a walk on a beach, um, and just stayed away from from everything, um, and it helped it helped to escape, um, and that's where the name Sarah Steen's Escapes comes from, is the fact that sometimes escaping can actually do you a world of good, um, and in terms of from a family perspective and a ch- children's perspective as well, I think it's really, really valuable um, for, for children. Um, my my um, firstborn, Violet, she was a really good traveller. We went to, um, she went circumnavigated the globe before her first birthday. So, um, so some of our happiest memories of traveling with her. So, um, and loads of, I remember loads of people at the time going, oh, why waste that money taking her away and things? Because she won't remember any of it. And I said, well, she won't remember any of it, but their minds are absorbing everything. Absolutely, everything from day one. And that's eat. so important. Yeah. So important. Everything they eat, everything they smell, they're absorbing all this information. So surely to God, them experiencing different cultures, different smells, different places, Absolutely. is going to benefit them. Um even if you don't remember it, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's still making up who they are. I want to just thank you for sharing that story because I didn't know you were going to share that story. And I had my mute on, I was going to oh, cry. Um, but do you know what? I think it, it it's such it's such a lesson. Um, and I think that you use the word escape and, and sometimes things like escape and quit can be used in such a, a negative fashion. But actually, one of the things that I've learned is that when you when you stop quitting doing the things that you don't want to do anymore, you open up possibility for something else. And although from I guess from what is you know something that as a, as a parent I can't even imagine, I can't imagine what that's like. But you've from that you kind of born something that you love, and I guess that Violet lives within that experience that you have now. And that's, I just think that's so heartwarming. And maybe that's where your passion comes from because that escape, that love and that thing that you did together carries on, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I know we're getting quite deep now and I don't, you know, don't, we don't start crying in a minute. Um, but, you know, I maybe that's where your energy comes from because, you know, I talk about this a lot and, and the new stuff that I'm doing at the moment is about energy and we're all energy. And, and maybe that's why I was attracted that, to, to come and speak to you when I was in that situation, because that love is probably still there. It's in a different way and it, and it, it is completely different. But, you know, 
what a beautiful story that you've rebirthed something out of something that is so you know nobody can even think of you know so wow I'm kind of blown away by that story so I'm well um just to kind of add a bit more context around that as well is that for the sorry my daughter that's kind of shouting um yeah so for from me one of my coping mechanisms really is work from a bit of a work workaholic um and when after we lost my daughter obviously we escaped uh, through travel and everything else but also I had amazing and my amazing air, airline client um, and I threw quite a lot of energy into looking after my amazing travel clients so in a way travel saved me in that respect as well um, and then um, I know we're not going to talk about it, but the sea thing happened <laughs> the sea thing like, yeah um, and wiped all my clients out overnight. So all of a sudden, my support infrastructure, yeah. if you like, was gone. And because of COVID, we couldn't travel. So all of a sudden that was gone. Um, and I went through the whole grieving process again. Yeah, um, and that doesn't surprise me because I think you're right. I think we, we look at travel as just that holiday, don't we? But yeah. For those of us who really do like to travel, um, and as I say, I I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna not say I am I am suffering. I'm suffering from feeling. Although I'm not caged in, I feel as I'm jailed at the moment. And we're not going to talk about the c word, but but travel does open your heart. It opens your mind. It makes you feel connected to the whole world, doesn't it? And when that's mm. taken away from you the travel and when other things have taken away from you events have happened in my life that you know about as well that you know life is short isn't it and there's such an amazing world out there that we can travel that we can see and we can learn from lots of different things and we have this opportunity don't mm -hmm. we to to go out there and connect and I think you've just proven that we never know no, you don't know what's going to happen, what's around yeah. the corner. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the year, year after I, nearly a year after I lost my daughter, I lost a son as well. Um, and then surprisingly, um, got found out I was pregnant with a third child who is still here and healthy and doing really well. And she's three now. Um but obviously, and she'd circumnavigated the globe before first birthday too. Um, and then obviously it's had a few years of not really traveling. Um, so it was great to get her traveling again this year. So she's been to Corfu, she's been to Spain um, and she, she, loved, she loves it, which is great. Loves swimming and going to the beach and, um, and, and all of that. But she there was a big chunk obviously in the middle of her, her lifespan that she's not traveled so mm. it was all brand new to her even though she has been on a plane before she couldn't remember it so it was all the, the first time on the plane and so it was quite sweet to see the, her having those first experiences because she couldn't remember and i think we've got to be responsible for that haven't we as adults uh, you know as parents are 
I, I, I certainly believe this anyway, is that, you know, both of my kids, we haven't travelled as much as, as you have, um, but we have travelled and we've always, you know, when we've been to foreign countries, you, you sit in there and just get them to say please and thank you in the language of that place that they are and get used to those cultures and get used to the experiences and the opportunities because there's certainly more opportunities to travel, you know, once things start to open up a little bit more. But generally, it's easier to travel now than it's ever been, hasn't it? You know, mm -hmm. once everything opens up. And, and I think that we have um, we have a duty to, to, to our children, to, to, to everybody, to connect with as many people we can on the planet, because regardless of your culture, your background, your ethnicity, we are just spirits having a human experience. And, and it's that experience that lifts our spirit, doesn't it? It's that feeling that when we do get those new experiences, see that sunset, see that clear water, that beautiful sand, that architecture, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, those are the things that we think god that's you know that's amazing and, and it doesn't have to be the pyramids it can be just a simple doorway that's well e you know. even even like some of the um big do gorgeous buildings we've got in the uk you know yeah. the, the pillars and domes and um because i remember last summer being um not the summer just gone the one before um being quite feeling quite sad because my little girl um couldn't remember having been in a library couldn't remember yeah, yeah. Being in buildings and she saw something on it was it was I was it was on Monsters Inc the film the cartoon he was going to the university with a big dome building yeah and she was like, wow wow and she was pulling she used to pull my guidebooks for Paris and Rome off a bookshelf and just look at the buildings in yeah. there and I think that's she one of the things I, we'll, we'll have to wind up soon because this is yeah, going to go on. Every time I get guests on, I, we can just talk forever. Um, but I think that's one of the things, isn't it? I think maybe we've forgotten. We've been so, we have been so locked down. And even though we've got the freedoms and we can travel and we can do that, I think there's still a little bit of fear out there. So I think for me, if people are a little bit unsure on what to do, then definitely, you know, we'll put all of your details in the show notes and, and, and you're a, a great person to speak to. And you're keeping me up to date on what's happening and when I can travel because, you you know, I'm itching to go somewhere else. Um, but one of the things I want to ask is if you've got five top tips for travel, mm -hmm. what, would you, what would your five top tips for anybody? Let's say now who's wanting to travel, but they're not too sure. What would your five top tips be for those people right now? Um, well, first tip really is um, speak speak to someone who knows what they're talking about really um rather than trying to to book and organize it yourself contact someone someone like me um who let's just say it contact you contact because me. you'll be able to sort everything out for them let's just get it out there don't there's no humility on this podcast because your services <laughs> because it's i think it's really important to um make sure if, if it, even if it's just a uk staycation that work where you're booking has, has APTA protection, um, which means basically APTA protection, if you turn up and that place doesn't really exist, say, or you turn up and they've had a flood, so they're not open. APTA will give you your refund and all your money back um, and, um, and will basically look after you. Yeah. Um, whereas without that, you'd be on your own if you just booked it through, you know, Airbnb or somewhere yeah. like that. You'd kind of, well, tough. 
<laughs> you'd have to you'd be kind of a bit on your own having to try yeah. and negotiate and and get some money back or get alternative accommodation but abta would look after you so what's tip um, number two then let's go for tip number two yeah so tip number two um if it's package flights and accommodation um get get something book it as a package um, and make sure it's got atoll protection because like the story that you told at the beginning about um you getting a refund on your hotel but not on your flights um if it had it had atoll protection atoll would have given you the money back for your flights yeah now that's that's interesting because it did have atoll protection on it um but i think at the time it was when and this is where this is where I, this is where it got difficult because I think uh, when the COVID thing hit, and I think this is completely different because there were a lot of people, and I actually to get my money back in the end, I had to go down to threaten the legal route. So I and and the mistake that I think I made was was that the people that I was booking through were doing it through somebody else who was doing it through somebody else. Yeah. So there was too many people in that chain. So mm-hmm. it, asking those questions, I think, is really important because. Even though we got the protect, I think the whole C thing has been completely different. But asking that question, if this all goes wrong, who is responsible? And you've already said you take one hundred percent responsibility to support people, and I know you do because I've used you, and you're amazing at doing this. And I think that's one of the lessons that I've learned, and I'll certainly be using you going forward rather than doing those other things. So yeah. I, I think that's that's the important thing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, right with with that all as well is um, if you. Um, of stranded so like the recent Morocco story where yeah. the airlines who were suddenly stopped from banned from flying into Morocco and um, those people are stranded well those people who'd booked packages with Atoll will have been repatriated first yeah because Atoll would have paid for that to happen yeah. so that's that's the, the additional protection you're getting with Atoll is you are first in line to get repatriated. Okay, um, so tip number three. Let's go so to tip, tip number three. three is to book and pay for things using your credit card. Absolutely. Even if, even if <laughs> it means you just pay the balance off straight away, um, even if it's just a deposit for a holiday, even just paying your deposit for your holiday, as long as it's over £100, then that will insure you for that that whole yeah. holiday the whole and I would trip. agree with that and that got me out that got me out of the cart really with this because although um with that particular flight situation I I double-headed that because when I spoke to the credit card company um they did uh, sorry I spoke to the insurance company and everybody was doing the same thing and in the end actually I got the money back although I'd threatened legal stuff I actually went I cut I got it all evidenced and the credit card company turned around and said, listen, you've done everything that you possibly can. There is no reason why now we are not going to do that. And I got the refund. I got my money back. Yeah. And then they just dealt with everything from there, which was awesome. So exactly. I, and that's, yeah, that's the benefit that. of booking with your credit card. Although I would say not NatWest credit card. Okay. <laughs> because it's a little crock of rubbish. All right. Okay. <laughs> I didn't mind me um, that. I've had some so the banks are available. And, and right. So that, that was four. That. that was tip four, wasn't it? I think. Was that tip four? Was yeah. Three or four. Three. I'll tell you what, let's protect, let's go for four. We'll, we'll do four now. Okay. Um, number four, I think. Um, I, oh, yeah, I guess as well, make sure you do your research because um, obviously, if, well, if you book, 
your holiday through me. <laughs> I, I will send you an email the week before you're traveling with, you need to do this. You need to and fill you in this form. You do. Here's I link. agree. Here's this. <laughs> this is what you need to, here's all your documents again. Yeah. But if, if you've booked it yourself or if you booked it through another travel agent, they won't do that. You, is that the onus is on you yes. so make sure you check the fco website um to check that you 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 can go there first before you book your holiday and then closer to the time check it to see what the entry requirements are if you have to do certain tests if you have to have certain paperwork have to have to fill questionnaire health questionnaires in all of that and also make sure you check the requirements for returning into the uk um into england as well yeah because again while you're on holiday, you might have to fill out a questionnaire. Well, you do have to fill out a questionnaire currently to return back into the UK. And you have to have proof that you've booked um, a test for day two of your return um, as well. So there'll be certain criteria you'll need to meet coming back in as well. So make sure you don't forget about that bit because you don't want to get to the end of your holiday and then be told you're not allowed to board the flight. No, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. So you're tip stuck. five, what's, what's your final tip, tip five? And then I've got one um, more question. My final tip is, again, they're all quite boring, travel insurance. Um, again, because and make sure that your travel insurance covers you for COVID. Um, a few will say that they won't, um, and a few will under certain criteria but you need to make sure that the one that you um you get covers you if you get tested positive or whatever because some people have fall, fallen foul of that they've had travel insurance but they've it's not covered them mm -hmm. the, um for if they test, test yeah. positive and yeah. then they've lost the money for the trip so you need to double check that um obviously make sure that it covers you for what you're you intend to do on your holiday so if you're going on a ski trip make sure you've got ski cover if you're going um to the states then you then travel insurance you need to add the states on as an extra yeah, country yeah. or a global cover or whatever just but, make sure that you do break belts and braces but basically the best thing to do is we'll just do top, top tip six which is just don't even worry about doing anything like that because if they come to you you can help them sort all that them. Out and all the information <laughs> yeah. so let's just forget all of those top tips and just say get in touch with sarah and she'll help you sort it all out anyway um, i you yeah, and you do nag, yeah, yeah. Um, in a nice way, in a nice loving way. Right, I've got one last question for you before we go, because I, the podcast has extended, but I don't care. Yeah, sorry. It doesn't matter. It's Friday night, you've got a drink. Um, so we ask this to every guest that we have on the po podcast, mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily travel related. It can be anything, because this is all about mindset. It's all about, you know, living life and, and all the rest of it. If you had a go-to phrase, if, so if you had a go-to phrase that sums up how you feel about things maybe it's travel or you know that thing that just lifts your spirit um you know when maybe you're feeling a little bit down what would you what would that go-to phrase be for you oh god are you asking me do you know what? everybody says that they probably start that with every single time i ask this question but we do it yeah. on purpose to put you under a little bit of pressure can't think now um or something prophetic, something that you, you know, you believe about travel that is is so important that the reason why you might want to travel, it doesn't have to be some sort of soccer no, team. I just think tra travel just broadens your mind, mm. really. Um, I think, think it's actually genuinely really good for, 
for you as a soul. I think we've um, come to that, haven't we, today? I, I think you're right. I think that probably is. It, I know it's simple and it probably sounds like a cop-out, doesn't it? But I don't think it is. I think it, that is the right phrase for this. I think you've proven that on so many levels, whether that be emotionally, whether that be from an intellectual point of view, all of the things that we need that allow us to have a human experience, travel gives us that, even if it's just going somewhere in the UK and, and it's not going somewhere mm. too exotic. Actually, no. simplistically, we are all humans and we want to connect and travel gives us that opportunity to experience that through different cultures and different foods and, you know, just different experiences. And that's mm. what life's about, isn't it? Life's about having a human experience and travel really allows us to facilitate that. Mm. Yeah. And I think, um, from a, the other point of view is um I always tell people just take one day at a time yeah. and I know that you know obviously they say that's addicts and stuff but um in terms of our grief we've literally just taken one day at a time it's only in the last probably year that I've even contemplated pulling together dream goal boards and dream boards yeah. again and think planning ahead for the future you know i say this to my clients i say this to my clients i say if you look after the micro the macro will happen mm. you know and to come back to your buildings you know if, if you want a beautiful building you don't just create a built a beautiful building out of nothing you don't create a beautiful holiday out of nothing you have to build those layers and those experiences and and that's what you do don't you you you, you can help people build that dream package, that dream holiday by all your experience and bringing that in. I've just remembered a quote that I loved recently. Oh, go on. <laughs> you'll end on that. I thought, actually, that's that's genius. I love it. Because um, it, it has, um, it, you know, you can apply it to grief and, and everything else. Um, the, um, the, I, I, I felt as if I was buried um buried and then people just kept piling the shit on top of me um but actually i was just planted and now i'm growing and i'm pushing through and i'll grow to something stronger and bigger um and yeah so i thought well actually that's <laughs> that's well, true I'm yeah and 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 actually bringing it back to travel travel gives us that same experience when we plant ourselves somewhere that's a little bit mm. unfamiliar and we plant ourselves somewhere where we're a bit unsure actually if we just take one step at a time we can have a really positive experience so i think that that works on both levels both from a travel yeah. point of view and from a personal point of view that's and, awesome. and my my consultancy firm is tree communications cool right well we're going to put everything in the show notes um, if somebody wants to find you online, if they want to connect to you right now, they can't wait. Yeah. Where can they find you online? Yeah, Sarah Stevens Escapes. And it's Stevens with a PH. So it's Sarah Stevens Escapes. And that's on Facebook, Instagram. Um, SarahStevens.com is the travel website. Um, so yeah, connect with me on, on whatever platform you feel comfortable. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that um and i think it was just so brave of you to sell that story but actually i think that that says a lot about why you do what you do and why you're so passionate at it and why you're so bloody good at it as well so i i am going to endorse you right now on the podcast and say you know 
she is awesome at what she does. She really cares about what she does. Um, and that's why I'm so glad that, um, that you came on the Talk of Mind podcast today. So thank you very, very much. And um, yeah, so until the next podcast, we'll, uh, we'll say goodbye for now. But thank you very much, Sarah. So bye-bye, everybody. Bye. If you enjoyed today's podcast why don't you come and join us at facebook.com forward slash talking underscore minds and don't forget to give us a little like thanks very much for listening see you soon